you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning. My name is Jonathan, and I am one of the pastors here at Heights. Um, I'm the pastor over the student ministry and the connections ministry, and we're so glad that you chose to join us this morning, and we would love it if you would let us know that you were here, if you're a guest with us, Uh, and there are a couple of different ways you can do that. The first is by uh, going to the link on your phone, that's heightschurch.org slash connect, and the second is uh, texting the word welcome to the number that's going to be on your screen. And both of those ways, that, that will send directly to me. I'm the person that follows up with guests, and I look forward to, to meeting you and hearing from you. And uh, that's just something that, that we like to do to see uh, who's here. We like to uh, really see how people are in our, in our community and when they come in and uh, things like that. So this morning... I got tasked with preaching Joshua chapter 3, which is an incredible passage of Scripture. Um, If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go there. But one of the things that I like about the story of Joshua is it's got this, this... awesome picture of past, present, and future. And I think that it's something that each one of us can relate to, right? I believe that when we look at the past, nostalgia is a really powerful thing, y'all. It really is. There are so many different things that uh, marketers try to do to, to bring us back to our childhood. And I know for me, one of the things is every Christmas, it seems like they're putting out a new gaming system, But it's not really new. It's all of the old games on the new console. And so I can spend days of my life, not really because that would be immature of me, but I can spend a lot of time playing these games that I played when I was a young, young child or even in some cases before I was born because I'm not that old yet, right? So when we're looking at this, I think that it's important that we focus on uh, a little bit of nostalgia before we get going. This is really good to kind of loosen us up and make sure that we're all nice and relaxed because believe it or not, I've been teaching Bible studies through this whole process. I've just been teaching them in my dining room to my iPhone and then putting them online. So first time to teach in front of people, real people that are not internet people in quite some time. So this is as much for me as you, all right? The past, nostalgia, here we go. If you are a child of the 50s, Here are some things that might be nostalgic to you. Ready? Your first color TV. Your first color TV. McDonald's going nationwide. It's a chain now, right? Burgers for 15 cents. Not anymore. You can't even get a chicken nugget for 15 cents now. (laughs) All things Elvis. Am I right? Pogo sticks. Child of the 50s. Child of the 60s. The Barbie doll. That's a thing, right? That one kind of lasted a few decades there, right? The Beatles. Anybody? No. Yes. Okay, the Beatles. What about go-go boots? Now, I promise you, I was going to wear mine today, but I decided, no, that's probably, probably no good for me, right? Lava lamps. 
It's like a lamp that doesn't really do a good job, but it's got bubbles in it, so it looks cool. You know what I'm talking about, lava lamps? That's right. The 70s, the Fonzie. I will not be doing my impersonation, right? None of that. Tube socks. It's kind of making a comeback, right? Look at a junior high kid today. They got tube socks on, I promise you. Pong. The most in-depth graphic video game ever made. There's two sticks and a little square that's supposed to be a ball that just bounces back and forth. Star Wars. The original, not any of the knockoffs that came later, right? So then you got children of the 80s. Now this is me, my generation, for 13 months. The Walkman. Now, to the students in the room, the Walkman was a box that you would put a cassette tape in, which was another box. So you put the box in the box, and the second box had the music on it, and you couldn't skip songs. You had to, never mind, right? It's hard to explain. The Walkman was a big deal, though. Dukes of Hazard, Moonwalking with Michael Jackson. I promise I'm not doing any demonstrations today on that one either, right? Can't do it. Learning that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Spoiler alert. That's supposed to go before or not. My bad. Okay. So then you really get into my decade. Children of the 90s. Okay. The Discman. Now, students. The Discman was a portable CD player. Not quite a box, but a CD is a disc that looks like a Frisbee with a mirror on the back of it. Also has music on it, just in case you've never seen one. So the Discman, Saved by the Bell. Everybody can relate with somebody in Saved by the Bell, I'm pretty sure. Nintendo, the original and also the Super Nintendo, children of the 90s. Super Mario Brothers, am I right? Yeah? Okay. Not very many millennials getting my back right now, I'm just saying. Internet. Dial-up. I'm just waiting for it to connect for a second. There it goes. Okay. Children of the 2000s. Nostalgia. Here we go. You ready for this? The most important choice that you ever made. Xbox or PlayStation? I'm just kidding. That's not that important. It's obviously Xbox. Okay. Razor scooters. Those things were awesome, but they break. They do have a weight limit. Just saying. Just saying. iPods. All of them. The Shuffle, the Nano, the Classic, the Touch, all of those. In the 90s, am I right? No, 2000s. Where am I? 2000s. Because, yeah, 90s. Discman, right? And then the last, the theologian of a generation, SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, I just had to make sure. Last time there were some students that like, not students, it was an adult. I started singing the Spongebob theme and dancing to it. And I judged him hard. Right from the stage, I pointed it out. So here's the thing. I think it's really good to look at the nostalgia of our past. I think it's valuable at times to look at these things that were so important to us that, that defined who we were. And I think as a, as a church and as believers, we can do the same thing for our own past. We can look at, at the growths that we had. We can look at 
all of the maturing that we have done in the past. But when we get down to it, the past also holds all of our pain. It holds all of our brokenness. It holds all of our sin. It also holds our deliverance and our victories and our restoration. But when we're looking at this story out of Joshua chapter 3, they're coming out of a really difficult season of life. You see, 40 years prior, they were given the opportunity to enter into the promised land, the land that, that God had said was going to be theirs. And you had these 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan and they were supposed to be scouting to see how possible it was going to be. And you probably know the story. Back then, there were, there were these, these two of them named Caleb and also Joshua. And they said, it's going to be rough. It's going to be interesting. But God said he's got it. So let's do it. And the other 12 responded maybe a little bit more like you or I might. Well, it could be difficult. It could be overwhelming. We don't really know what's over there. We just know it's big. It's kind of scary. Maybe if we just wait a little longer, then something will change. Wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years after that. One of my favorite authors, his name is uh, Eric Mason. And he says, be careful of letting a season of pain and hurt make you think that these are all your journey with God is made of. I'm going to read that again because it's really good if you missed it. Be careful of letting a season of pain and hurt make you think that these are all your journey with God is made of. It's really easy for us to focus on the past, isn't it? It's so easy. You could just see across the room faces lighting up when I was talking about the goods of your generation. But when we look at at this, it's really easy to focus on the pains as well. You see, each one of those decades not only had the good things that were nostalgic, but they also had so many hurts in them as well. It's not healthy to go around and constantly be focusing on the pain and the hurt of the past. We, as a church, are supposed to be looking for guidance from the past, learning and changing the way that we've done things. And as we stray, as we sin, and as we fall, we're supposed to be constantly reforming back to Scripture. Getting back to what true Christianity is supposed to be about. I think this is a great picture when you're dealing with this wilderness moment where all of the Israelites are coming. You get to this point right here, the crossing of the Jordan. And all of a sudden, Moses dies. Joshua is placed in charge. And you get this amazing picture of a a God that says, you know what? Today I'm going to do some great things. I'm going to do some legendary things. He tells Joshua, today, I'm going to do things through you that will make it where you are remembered, just like Moses was. He said, today, I'm going to give you instruction. And you're going to send the Ark of the Covenant with the priests carrying it down to the Jordan River. 
And they're going to put their feet in the water. And as soon as their feet get into the water, the water's going to stop and make a pile. A heap is what it says in Scripture. I don't make that up. That's right there in Scripture. A heap of water stopped on one side. The ground will be dry and all of the Israelites can cross. But you're going to need to do something for me. You need to talk to these people, the Israelites, and you need to say, hey, first thing you have to do is you need to get right. You need to get clean. The, the word that they use is consecrate, right? So to make a long story short, there is this moment in time when the Israelites are, are going and asking God for forgiveness, getting right of the things that are in their life, all of their, their past sin, all of the, the brokenness that they had accrued in the wilderness. They were laying down at the feet of God and saying, God, we're ready to do what you would have us do. So the priests took the Ark of the Covenant, stepped into the River Jordan, what the Bible teaches was overflowing at the time. And the water stopped. Just like God said it would. Now I think that many of us are crossing impossible rivers in our life right now. Many of us have obstacles and walls that are preventing us from being where God would have us be. And many of us, just like the other ten spies, children of Israel from before this season, we justify why it's okay not to cross that obstacle. God's saying you need to be on the other side of it, and we say, eh, that looks hard. So we have our solutions, not God's solutions, but our own solutions to overcome these obstacles and these barriers. And I thought of a few of them. Number one, education. Money. Government, politics. Healthcare. It's temporary. It's fleeting. What about this one? Strength, sports, skill. See, all of these things are good in their time. All of these things are, are actually biblical concepts that we should strive after. None of them are things that I'm going to sit here and, and demonize. But I will say this. Sometimes God is going to do something miraculous to get us through these obstacles. And we try to use the things that he's already given us. But that's not necessarily what they're doing in this case, is it? No, he said, I want the Ark of the Covenant to lead the way. I want my people to walk out in faith. I want my people to be a people that's focused on me rather than themselves. Y'all see that in the text? It's right there. So here's the solutions that God sets out for us. You ready for these? There's three of them. The first one is get right. Get right. He says to consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Joshua 3, 5. Now, to consecrate means uh, to be clean or to make clean ceremonially or morally. Now, what this is, is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of, of a people that desires so much to be restored, to be clean, to be atoned for. He says, make yourself right. He says, get right. Make yourself clean. 
If we're going to cross impossible rivers, this has to be the first step that we take. We have to come to an understanding that I have sin and brokenness in my life and I have to lay that before the King. I have to lay that before God. The next one. Get going. You'll notice right here, we're going to talk about community and discipleship a little bit. You have these men that were willing to step out in faith when a previous generation wouldn't. You had these, these men that were, that were willing to, to step out in faith even when it seemed illogical. Even when it seemed not to make sense. Even when things seemed to be incredibly overwhelming. The Bible says that the banks of the Jordan were overflowing in that season. This wasn't a little stream. This wasn't a ditch. This wasn't a creek. This was a raging river that was flooded and out of the banks. And God says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to stand in it. Now, if Jonathan was the one that he said that to, I think I would, I would think, man, God, you gave Moses like a stick to wave over the water, right? Where's, I, I want something a little bit easier than actually getting into the water. But that's not what these guys did. They went out and in faith, they did what God was going to call them to do. They actually did it as a group. Community. Discipleship. It wasn't a, a Lone Ranger Christianity. It wasn't a single person that had to overcome the obstacle. In your life and in mine, God placed us in a group that's unified together that can help one another overcome any obstacle that's in front of us. Do you have impossible rivers in your life? Are you relying so much on your own strength or money or power or education? To overcome those? God's placed people in your life to help you. To lead you. To guide you. The next one is to get in. Now I think this one kind of speaks for itself. They didn't stop at the words. They didn't stop when the, when the moment clicked in their brain and said, hey, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. They didn't stop right there. They said, hey, I am supposed to go and literally step out into the water, so I'm going to go and take that step and step into the water, even though it doesn't make logical sense, does it? But you have this amazing picture that comes out of Joshua chapter 3. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming from down, coming down from above, shall stand in one heap. Now I think that it's really important for us to know that when they did this, they walked across on dry ground. But it's not like the ground was dry before they took that step. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes when it comes to our Christian life, we can get uh, overwhelmed with the daily grind. And it's really easy. It's really easy to say, you know what? Maybe I'll take that step of faith tomorrow. Guys, what if... 
the future that we're supposed to be looking for as a church and as individuals is a future that calls us to step into the water today. What if we have these impossible rivers? They come in many forms. They come in many shapes and sizes. Some of you may be struggling in your marriage, struggling financially, struggling with health concerns. Some of you may be overwhelmed with the stresses of life. Some of you may be bogged down and afraid to step out. But when we look at the picture of the gospel, there's this amazing picture in the New Testament of Christ becoming the atonement for us. They followed the Ark of the Covenant, which is mentioned ten times in that passage. Ten. The Ark of the Covenant was representative of who God was, His presence. In that were the Ten Commandments, the staff of Moses. They were following that. You and I are called in the future today to step out in faith and follow Christ, who, get this, is our atonement and represents the person of God. We're looking at this amazing time that we have where we can step out. Are you willing to do it? Maybe some of you today don't have a relationship with Christ. And I think that this is a a fantastic picture of what it looks like to get right with God as well. You can use the same three things that he called them to cross the Jordan. The first step is getting right. And when you look at what it takes to get right, I think it's, it's really important for us to have this as a takeaway. That we have to repent. Acknowledge that we have brokenness in our life. Acknowledge that we can't make it or fix it on our own. And only God can. First step, getting right. Number two, get going. Start reading about what it looks like to be a believer. Start following people that are in a church or a small group that seem to be walking according to the Scripture. Get plugged in with people that love Jesus. When you're looking at at get going, if you're not a believer, that's stepping out and trusting that God is still the God of salvation. And the last one, get in. It's one thing to know it. As a youth pastor, there have been countless students that knew all of the right answers. Man, you could quiz them on the Bible, you could quiz them on the gospel, and they got it, right? But when you look at the evidence coming out of their life, it's like, You got it, but maybe you don't really got it. You know what I'm saying? You see, sometimes you can have done all the steps here, but just like the Israelites, you were never willing to take that step of trust. So our band's going to come up, and I'm going to, to pray for us. But before that, I want you, I want to leave you with one thing, and it's this. Faith that doesn't affect your life, well, it's, it's not really faith. 
It's something different. Faith is something that takes action and is willing to step out. I want you to pray with me. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Your word teaches that you are a God that gives grace upon grace. And God, we pray today that we would have the strength that it takes to step out in faith into the water of the impossible rivers that are in front of us. Father God, we know that you are the God that brings about salvation, that you are the the miracle worker, that you are able to overcome anything that's in front of us. God, once again, we pray that you would give us the faith to step out. And Father God, we pray if there are people in this room or people that are listening from home that know the right answers but don't have that authentic, genuine relationship of stepping out in their faith, God, I pray that today is the day that you would do the miraculous and you would allow them to cross that river. Father God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.